1: Welcome to the market report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to
2: trade is yours. Market report for wheat commencing the 11th of July. As it stands at the minute, what are we seeing? We're seeing uh, feed wheat values, X farm for harvest at uh, £245.00. Feed barley is around the £215 and oilseed rape it delivered store is around £565. What I would say is that over the last few days we've seen the markets have a, a bounce up. A lot of commentators are saying that you know, not surprising they got into the technically oversold levels. I mean, indeed, the Chicago wheat market lost all of its war premium and more. Uh, And with the war still going on in Ukraine, this did look a bit odd. So we're seeing a bit of a bounce up in the markets in general. But I think we have to watch this carefully. Uh, The UK is going into harvest. The wheat crop and crops in general look good. And I think yields could be good. So short term, there might be a bit of pressure on the market, push it down. Uh, And then once all the grain is cut, in stores, barn doors are shut. I think we might just see selling dry up, and I think that could help push the markets up later in the season. I think one thing I would say as well is that we have to be very aware that the new market norm is that markets can move 5 seven, ten 7 £10 in 10 minutes, whereas two years ago it would have taken a market two, three days to do that. But we're now seeing these moves happening very quickly. They're very violent and markets are very jittery. So I think just a word of warning when you're talking to your merchant that you may have spoken to a few others and then you may ring another one and say, oh, hang on a minute, he's just bid me five quid more. Well, I think that's probably because we're seeing the markets move so quickly it's very hard to keep up sometimes. So the key here is just to keep talking to your merchant and just to understand that these big moves in markets look like they're you know potentially here to stay. And often these moves can be caused by the smallest amount of news coming out of Russia, China, Ukraine, as that's where the drivers seem to be. On the oilseed side, what we have there is a very interesting situation in that the Malaysian palm market There is a lot of palm oil around. They seem to have huge amounts of stocks, huge amounts of oil, and that has depressed markets. But on the flip side, we're seeing a lot of those Southeast Asian economies now saying, look, we're going to increase our ethanol blend from 30 to 40. You've got India, who will consume huge amounts of palm oil. And I think that that's where those markets will go. I think we'll see India just buying huge amounts of cheap palm. That'll keep food price inflation down in their country. We could see certainly Argentina and Malaysia are talking about these increases in the ethanol content. And that will consume the surplus. And that's just purely markets acting on economic indicators. Now, if these countries decide to reverse that and say, right, well, actually, we're not going to use the bioethanol, then... We could see the oilseed prices come down heavily but it looks like something like palm while it's abundant and while they can get it cut and harvested and it's available I think it will go into these bioethanol plants help reduce the demand on oil and that will probably stabilize prices. So I think we're still in very interesting times harvest is literally upon us I hope we all have a really good sort of dry harvest and and qualities goods and yields are good because I think the whole industry and the trade need it, especially after the last sort of two years of smaller crops and difficult harvesting and i think it'll just it'll be nice if yeah it can all just get done and we can all get on with trading and and seeing where these markets go so uh, with that in mind uh, i hope you have a good week trading uh, or combining and yeah we
1: will um i'm sure speak to you soon thank you for listening please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours
0: The Aylsham Show is back, Bank Holiday Monday, the 29th of August. The central theme to this year's show is highlighting Norfolk's importance as a primary food producer. Visitors will find something that caters to all tastes, from animal exhibitions and competitions, to main ring displays, classic cars and agricultural vehicles, plus an extensive food and cookery zone, all in the beautiful surrounding of Blickling Park. The Aylsham Show, Bank Holiday Monday, 29th of August. We look forward to seeing you
2: there. Right. So, Harvest is kicking off and we don't have Andrew, but I have got a bit of a dream team. There's me, Ben. Josh. And me, Webby. Okay, so there's two of the dream team and then there's Webby. Right, that's good. <laughs> and what we're not going to do, we're not going to dwell on politics because that is really boring. Boris Johnson's gone. Ugh.
3: Yeah. Wasted. You won't have
2: anything to say in this podcast then, will you? <laughs>
1: Well, well
3: subject, you are actually the most learned one of us, the one that actually reads headlines, to be fair. Okay, that's not go. But anyway, ahead. it has happened today. We we have to touch on it.
2: Well, there you go, we've touched on it. It's done. Yeah. Right. We're going to focus on, well, I mean, it's Harvest and Andrew's on holiday. H- how are you feeling about that, Josh?
1: Well, this is the start of Harvest and he's just had his first week off. He's about to have his nether 10 days from now off, actually, which sounds quite nice. So he should hopefully come back for the start of the spring barley wheat time. Will he be relaxed? No. But I think it's been it's been very relaxing for us. Nothing's <laughs> happened, so it's chill. Going to say understatement of the yeah. year. But um, have um, you
2: missed the glorious leader Ian?
3: I think it's been a strong and steady ship, hasn't it? It has been a bit hectic. I'd put it in his defence just for a bit of a pay rise, but he has um, his break. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he did. Andrew did need a break. It's it yeah, good timing.
2: Yeah, it's good for us. I mean, and Joe's on holiday.
3: We are in the very first throes of a harvest and what looks like, I don't want to curse this, but I think it's going to be, it could be a great harvest, it could be <clears throat> ooh, quite exciting. You just brushed over Joe, is that because you don't miss him? <laughs> we're all full of compliments here, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean we're <laughs> brushing over Joe again. <laughs> Okay, but... No, sorry, Ian. Go but on. anyway, so we have seen... Okay, not officially over the bridge, but we have had four or five farmers come in
2: with winter barley samples in their hand. Yeah, and we, we had some new crop in at one of our stores as well.
3: Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, feed barley. Correct, yeah. 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 So I sometimes switch out to feed barley, do you? I don't know, feed barley's feed barley, isn't it? But the interesting part is malting barley, particularly in Norfolk. You know, we, we love malting barley, don't we? Mm. And the first cuts... In fact, Josh, you should be talking about malting barley, shouldn't you?
1: Yeah, no, the first cuts are really good, actually. I think the highest nitrogen we've seen on the winter maltings are 1.55, which is incredibly low. The lowest I've seen is 1.17, which is like almost dangerously low. I think the other thing that we are sure, the only feed barley sample I've seen was 2.13, wasn't it, Ben? (laughs) South of Norwich. But yeah, (laughs) at, at the moment, I was just literally two minutes ago having a conversation with somebody to stop combining their barley because it's 16.3 percent it rained this morning and next week or as of tomorrow it's 25 degrees to 30 degrees for the next 10 days so don't bother yeah but he said no no we've got to get this in the shed and I was like do you know what cool that's going to one of our competitors not our problem (laughs) (laughs) but
2: having said that so some of the yields we've heard about on feed barley have been good I think we have to be slightly
3: careful with that. And I'm it's sitting early. on the fence, and yeah. I have a habit of doing this. But no, there are some light lands. I spoke to a guy this morning who has a variable land-type field. And he said, <laughs> you go through it, the monitor will show yields down at like four or five tonne-hectare. But then the good part of the field will be exceptional at nine tonne-hectare. Okay. Pulling all round, it's good. We have to be very conscious that not everything in Norfolk is pristinely good land.
2: No, yeah. You know,
3: light lands, unfortunately, will struggle a bit which we've all seen haven't we for the last you know six eight weeks
2: but having said that bushel weights seem good in the round
3: no correct yeah yeah but last season we had very overcast kind of late spring early summer this year bright blue skies you know Mm. it's been hopefully a good bushel weight making year
2: and what was the interesting statistic that oliver sent to us which you should have picked up on well
3: 1984 was an exceptionally (laughs) good year Four, well, I was born that year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh God! First of all,
3: so actually, you can't trump that. So it was a very good year. But, Four um, bushel weights. Yeah, it was. It was a very good yielding year with very very similar rainfall patterns. Mm. But we're talking wheat. That was wheat, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. be a yeah, way to go. Yeah, but I'm quietly confident. I'm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling pretty good about it. But yeah.
3: There might be some iron certain land types that would be galling, but there'll be some high teen yields, maybe. Sorry, not in terms of tons of hectare, yeah. Some of the stuff, the really good land in the UK, got the right rainfall. Yeah,
1: yeah. So where do you peg UK wheat production?
3: Yeah, so in my very, very simple, this is pure and sentiment, I'd say 16. But the AHDB have come out with a spring planting report today, and they've put it in at... million. If you factor in an eight and a quarter yield, it brings it in at 14.9.
2: Okay. I mean, I'm 15.5. Okay. Josh?
1: I am actually with Webby. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be big. I really do. I think that if you're a harvest seller, you should be selling it now for cheap. It's gone down 100 quid in eight weeks. No, I'm joking. In all seriousness, I do think the wheat crop's going to be big and I think there's going to be a storage (laughs) issue.
2: I agree. I'm not sure. There's a lot of uh, wheat fob has been done. I mean, there's been some f- fob feed barley, but yeah. I don't think huge amounts.
3: No, probably not huge amounts. Wheats are difficult. And I mean, our market, being where we are in volume, if we were to trade, it would be a coaster market. Mm-hmm. And that market has never stacked up against the delivered market against our local homes. Yeah, it's always been cruelly when you allow for a lot of the costs, let's say an eight to ten quid discount. Maybe it's a bit different for the bigger vessels. It's not really our bag, is it the 25Ks? So there's probably <coughs> more opportunity to tighten that. But on that basis, UK wheat is too expensive against the fog market, isn't it? Yeah. But we are going to be, on paper, we should be quite a
2: substantial exporter. We should be. It's just when that export programme kicks in, mm. which isn't yet. Mm. I mean, let's look at Europe. So our man in France sent us a
1: message this morning
2: saying it's hot which was great.
1: He's in Paris, and his judgment is going on the Eurostar, which is 220 miles an hour.
2: Yeah, but he's got a good eye for these things, Josh. <laughs> and he did say some of the crops, you know, looked a bit dry
3: after I think his... he used the word "getting smaller," didn't he? Yeah, mm. after however many bottles of Pinot Grigio. Can't help stop thinking about Panachocolaire at the moment. <laughs> that's the only thing
2: that's going through my head. <laughs> How bad is that? right and in other news portugal and spain very hot and very poor crops two very big
1: bread baskets of europe there
2: <laughs> no
1: but They're fairly high consumers big consumers <laughs> yeah. who aren't going to have big crop there's definitely onto the little bit about the fact that we haven't moved a lot or like we're still expensive compared to everyone else people that are buying are going to northern spain on feed barley and we're still too expensive for that okay so there is definitely demand there we're just too expensive for it at the moment but I think the, the really challenging part is
3: prices have come back. And and I get it, but people are switching off. It feels like people are switching off to price now. Yeah, Some will have to sell it. You know, you've got the realities of every year, cash flow sellers, harvest cash flow sellers, harvest storage pressure sellers. So I think there'll be a pocket of probably downward pressure as a result of that, but... Coming out the back of the harvest, I I just think at these values, the doors will shut, and I think there'll be a real reluctance to sell it. I think people in the back of our minds, if they've got the long-term storage, I think they'll be thinking 300 again.
1: I agree, but then this week obviously every week but this week i actually opened up the farmers weekly and i looked at the prices of wheat barley rape compared to a year ago rape was 120 quid more expensive wheat was 110 pounds barley was 120 quid more expensive so i think we're just if you judge prices now compared to where then a 350 when you're still selling wheat at 250, that's still a big price. If you have to sell your feed barley at harvest and you're selling at 210, that's 40 quid more than what the best molten barley was trading for last harvest. In my opinion, I think it's actually a sell. I think that people get too hung up on the price.
2: And that's to sell if you've got to sell at harvest?
1: If you have
3: to, yeah. Last harvest though, nitrogen was, so I'm not saying this with any real confidence, but wasn't about 200, 250 for mm. the previous year. Mm. Lots of people probably this year had some cheap nitrogen bought at 250 odd but then they would have had some top ups or maybe 50 percent at the 600 700 so we have to be quite aware of cost production has gone up significantly from the year before
1: yeah but also the market sadly doesn't really care about the cost of production. There is harvest happening in the Northern Hemisphere, so we kind of forget that during, since February the 24th to now, is the dregs of the end of the season anyway in most cases. But now there is supply coming online. I agree, I think it will bounce and it could go past 300, but in the meantime I think it's going to come down.
2: I think the carry-out from this season into next could be interesting, because there's still wheat old crop about, isn't it? Oh, that's been loads of fun dealing with, hasn't it? There
3: is wheat still coming out of the woodwork. Of emptying stores and yeah. all that sort of stuff, which going back eight weeks ago, you would have felt that the UK would have run out of wheat. On oh, not the UK, but it felt like <coughs> where is it the wheat? Tight, yeah, now you can't get rid of it for love nor money, can
2: you? No, which is uh, interesting, isn't it? Because mm. we yeah. all thought, oh blimey, it's going to be tight at the end of the season. Right, you keep looking at these beers, Ian, because we have got beers this week, right? Now, they've been wrapped up by, we've had a helper in the office. Oh, Josh has gone straight in there. Right, well, pick a beer. So, these are from my Father's Day beer box. So,
3: you haven't described that very well. You've actually, you've wrapped them up in white paper and they've been coded so that we, this is a lucky dip. It is
2: a lucky dip,
1: A, B and C. Just to try and give you some context to this they've been wrapped up in white paper with some tape, which is really nice to taste but they um there's also someone's decorated them and cut the tops around it
2: so yeah. we've all picked a bit. so we're going to unwrap let's go Josh hasn't unwrapped his he's just opened it and it's just going to drink it <laughs> off I thought it was a taste test <laughs> I think I've probably
3: lucked out here. I'm no, very, um, I have.
2: I've got exactly the one I wanted. Go on then, Webby. Oh, actually, I wouldn't have
3: wanted that pale ale. Bavik Super Pills Belgian Lager, I reckon, by
2: the looks of this. <clears throat> okay, I've got the Garden Brewery Pale Ale. Lightly tropical and refreshing. And it's made in Croatia. How okay. about that?
1: I've got the little special.
2: <laughs> Bearing in mind, this was, a, <laughs> no, this, this was
1: a present from my children, Josh. You'll have like a bit of a nibble there, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a blonde beer. It's actually pretty good, yeah. Oh.
3: 5%. That can looks like special brew. It does.
1: That <laughs> was undrinkable special brew.
2: Yeah. You drank it when you just wanted to get hammered. My pale ale from Croatia, that is really good. I'm enjoying that. I like this. Um, yeah, Bavic Super
3: Pills Belgian beer. No, really good lager. I had a nice lager the other day on the uh, the pub. I so I went to a... Um... Oh, this is going to be really bad to admit.
2: Is yours not any good,
1: Josh? It's, it's nice. just a bit strong. It's a bit, how do I take a, a bit bit strong beer? Yeah, of course yeah, it
2: will be, won't it? A
1: bit thick and strong. Well, i sort you out.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Webber, you had a really nice beer.
3: My daughter was playing up a wedding the other Why day. Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> During the first hymns, so I had to escape. And very conveniently, there is a pub literally right next to the church. So I felt the best thing to do was to go into the pub. Take your daughter to the pub? Yeah. <clears throat> Take her to the pub. She was in a, a walker. What do you call it? A walker? A pram? Is it a pram? <laughs> Cot? I don't know. Whatever it is.
2: Webby's really good at this childcare thing. So, so hang on. Which um, daughter was this?
3: Uh, Frankie. So the little one. So she's, what is she? Four months? Five okay, months? Okay. So she's in a pram. She's in a pram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so got into the pub and then... In a very short space of time, managed to drink quite a lot of pints of a uh, beer called Madry. Okay, really good, very highly recommended beer. You probably would need to take out a second mortgage to drink a lot of it, but yeah, good. I think it was about close to six quid a pint. I
2: think. What? Where's that from then?
1: Uh, it's a Spanish beer, but it's, oh, okay. I think it's like, I think probably someone will tell me in the trade if I'm wrong. But I think somewhere the same company as Peroni. It's actually it's a really good beer. I've only noticed in the last eighteen months, so they must have been bought out somewhere great bit i don't often say that about larges but yeah
2: so you're looking after your four month old daughter you're in a pub you're getting hammered at which point do i ring social services it was absolutely fine i was there with what another responsible adult (laughs) well there were three lads in there
3: one of which i knew it was a group effort should i say okay sorry (coughs) what was
2: yeah looking after your daughter (laughs)
3: Yeah, the childcare. When I wasn't oh. looking, someone else like had a... Oh,
1: right.
3: I left her by the door. It was fine.
2: <laughs> and did you get back to the wedding?
3: And so I was flying by the point of hitting the wedding. Oh, um, my God. Because I did have a couple of gin and tonics and mixed <laughs> in with that. And, uh, yeah, I had to then relieve the babysitters at about half nine, and by which point I was, yeah, at the right point, yeah. You were at the right point of then, flying. Then hit the sofa having picked up child number one, and... Yeah, very quickly found myself asleep
2: on the sofa. Excellent, excellent. There we go. That's How to Look After a Child
1: by Ian Webster. He still Mm -hmm. never changed the nappy. (laughs) How did you relieve the babysitters?
2: (laughs) It's all right, Josh. He fell fell asleep before we could relieve.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're relieved.
2: (laughs) Did you give him 50p and Uh. tell them to get on their way? (laughs) Right, sorry, so anyway, we're drinking quite a nice beer, the sky is stunning, clear blue sky, we're going to have a heat wave next week, we are seeing Barley's cut.
3: Now that we've had uh, a nice little rain, we had a rain, lots of <coughs> Norfolk had a smallish rain, but with some warm weather coming now, it'll combine hopefully exceptionally well. Because the ones we had just before the <laughs> rain, they weren't quite there yet, there were mm. still a few horns on them, weren't they? It'd be perfect combining weather, it'd be lovely.
2: And, you know, we just hope that it all just goes smoothly, I think. Because last year, it wasn't fun.
3: Well, as people termed it, it was the driest wet harvest, wasn't it, ever on record? Yeah. And it just every day, it seemed to drizzle, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There weren't heavy rains, <laughs> but they were just drizzles enough to put wheat at 24% moisture, wasn't it? That was yeah. fun.
2: So this year, we just need a dry harvest, get everything in, have a good quality crop, and then see where we go.
1: 'Cause obviously with the price of energy costs going up and everything being expensive, drying charges are expensive. So from a merchant's point of view from a fair merchant's point of view, yeah. Don't rush into it because somebody who's cutting this this bolting <laughs> barley, that's not with us, thank God. But it's seventeen, sixteen percent, just wait. Twenty five degrees, yeah, it's better than paying a ten whatever quid drying charge, definitely. That's a
3: really good point you just brought up that made me think of something. So, yeah, drying charges have been reviewed up. You know, we've all seen what's happened with energy prices and we've done it and we've sat down and worked it all out. Yeah. But compounders mm. as well, I think, will be reviewing their
2: charges up. On their moisture claims.
3: Yeah, the the article pound fifty per half percent, I think the reality is we all know what happens with it, isn't it? It's a claim. But as a compounder, the last thing you want is every single tonne coming in at 16% moisture, Yeah, six and a half. So you need to have a measure in place. pound
1: is isn't enough to stop people delivering wet wheat. Good point.
2: So, yeah, I think well, we just need to be watchful on that.
1: We do. Well, last year they were moaning about it, weren't they? Because we had a lot of people who were trying to deliver their kind of on-the-line stuff. They don't want to pay drying charges, and they want it to go to a compounder, and all the compounders were complaining to us about it. Not telling them to do it, but they probably should poor merchants,
2: getting it in the neck from both sides. Well, that's our job, isn't it, Ian?
1: And one of Ian's favourite things to happen to him. <laughs> 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 Whoever edits the podcast, you were quite a good banter last week, by the way. So don't add that in, by the way, as well, but you were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met the girl that edits the podcast. Sorry, lady. Lady, yeah. Uh, well, assuming that's your pronoun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. But she was very nice, and she was good banter, yeah, so... Bringing it back, I think, you know, obviously... <laughs> Yeah, AD and Joe, we miss you. Although, Webby's still sitting on the fence about whether he misses Joe. That's a bit cruel. Oh, okay. And we've got AD off for another week. So I think it's going to be the Dream Team next week doing the podcast when hopefully Mm. we'll be surrounded by barley samples and they'll be dry and everything will will look bloody good.
3: Yeah, it's gearing up to be quite a big week ahead, isn't it? Yeah. Right, well, good luck. You too. Cheers. Catch you later. Yeah, see you later. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.